Who's in Banner Podcast? Who's in Banner Podcast? Who's in Banner Podcast? What up, what up, what up? Welcome to Bruce and Banner Podcast. I am your host, Rob G. And with me, as always, is the legendary Brew Crew. What up, fellas? I was reading this weekend. <laughs> mama, mama. Guys, nah, it doesn't taste like dirt. Uh, my name is Lou Belgium, ladies and gentlemen. I'm wondering, does Delaware have an actual culture? This is the podcast that we talk about beer, but we also talk about a lot of things that's happening in the world. Politics, movies, anything really that comes to our mind while we're here. Sam on these brews, grab a drink, and pull up a chair. Ha. Yeah. I ain't from Tennessee, but you the only They probably on so many different places, man. I had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's a versatile uh, genre. It is definitely a versatile genre, man. Give us some respect for yeah. sure. That was good. <laughs> uh, what up, what up, what up? Welcome to Bruising Banter Podcast, where the topic is the rocking and the brew. Without any fuel. And I'm your host, Rob G. And with me, as always, the legendary brew crew. What's going on, Lou? Hey, how you guys doing out there? It's uh, just me today. Uh, hey, Rob, how, how, how are you doing? I today? am doing well. I'm doing well. This is uh, episode 201. 201. Wow. Uh, right. So that mid 200 has came and went. I uh, hope you and were able to uh, come through and enjoy uh, join us at uh, Autumn March last uh, last Sunday. I'm um, Saturday. Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. If you weren't, if you're able to cop that new uh, a new brew, there it is. Drops Tuesday that we uh, did with them as well. Uh, if you ain't still got a few yet, a few bottles on sale, you yeah, may you I, may have some time. Right. And it may still be on tap. Uh, I'm not sure. It, I mean, it was on tap last time we checked, but uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to uh, try it out, it is a smoked, uh, toasted oak smoked ESB. So it is, uh, we've gotten uh, positive feedback. Uh, so shout out to uh, the folks at Monday March and the, uh, especially um, Justin and uh, yes, yes, and Dan, Dan. who, uh, who uh, I have some spit in my mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, I didn't forget his name. I was trying to help you out. You could have just let that one go. Uh, we're a transparent podcast, dude. That's true. That is, that is true. Jeez. But yeah, Dan, shout out to Dan and uh, Justin for helping us make a, a great a great beer. It's really good, man. It's like my favorite beer right now. All right, well, I'm that's... drinking it as we speak. Pass me another. All right, but we do have a great show uh, today for 201. Uh, shout out to Real uh, 2 Yoda. He's uh, uh, watching his uh, daughter ball out uh, So in uh, an AAU tournament. So uh, For shout, sure. Shout out to uh, him. Um, and shout out to everybody who's uh, uh, been here before, with us for, since day one and uh, who uh, keep on coming back. We uh, appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, and for the Every first day. time listeners, we appreciate you too. Thanks for uh, coming on. Hope like you hope you keep returning. Absolutely. Hope this ain't your last time. Uh, but we uh, actually do have a great uh, group of guests uh, with with us this afternoon, this morning, this evening, whenever you listen and are watching the podcast. Uh, we have, uh, I guess, their own brew crew. We have a uh, yeah, for <laughs> the, sure, uh, the Love City uh, brew crew. So we're gonna uh, bring them in. Uh, bear with me. There's a few of them, so I'm gonna bring them in. Uh, hold on, let me go. Let me bring them into the podcast. Get- 
Welcome to the uh, Hi, podcast. Hey. Uh, before we get to started, we want uh, we can go around the room and introduce ourselves and who we are and uh, how we are affiliated with uh, Love City, and then we'll go mm-hmm. from there. I don't know who wants to start. I'll go first. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Hannah. Um, I am the brewery lead for Love City Brewing. Um, I've been on board with this team since November, um, but I have known the owners, Kevin and Melissa, for a very long time. In fact, Kevin and I went to college together. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, this is this is the uh, brewery that I've wanted to work for since I knew that they were starting their own brewery, and uh, we were finally able to, to make it happen a couple months ago. So it's been pretty rad being on board, um, work with some awesome folks, and... Uh, Make some, in my opinion, some pretty kick-ass beer. So, yeah. Cheers. All right. Uh, Thank you. Britt or Buffy? Which, which, which... Go ahead, Britt. Okay, word. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Britt. Uh, I am one of the brewers for Love City Brewing Company. Uh, been with the company in total, I guess you could say, four years now started out as a bar back did not know how to change a keg and now i'm brewing a lot of beer so here we are um i knew i wanted to work for love city for a while i knew i wanted to work at a brewery they were my first choice and i kind of came in like yo like i'm ready to do this i want to learn this is perfect place to be met a lot of friends along the way and so love the brew crew hi hannah hi buff (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we're doing some really cool things right now, so it's an exciting time. All right, nice. Yeah. Looking forward to hearing about it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm uh, I'm Buffy. Britt and I actually both started on the same side and ended up on the backside together. Nice. I jumped ship from my last job during COVID, so that was a big step. But mm. I've been in production for two years with Love City after bartending for one, so I guess I'm at three-ish years. <laughs> uh, but I started slinging kegs. I was the, I drove the truck for a while. I was delivering the beer that God Britt bless. was making and um, finally worked my way up to learning the canning line. So I'm one of the few canning line operators we have. And in January, I started making my own work. All right. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Uh, before we uh, start all this, we always like to know what people are drinking on, if you are drinking on something. So, what are you drinking today? Anybody drinking something today? I got a course oh. banquet. Oh, yeah. I, I almost pulled the banquet out of the fridge. So. Dang. Um, and I did, we had I game night. Yeah. Oh, what's what's I going have, on with the um, banquet? Y'all, y'all like I love course, course banquet. Yeah. It's delicious. That's where it's at. <laughs> it's a That's solid where it's year. At. It's such a solid it's, year. That's just funny. Especially most, since I can't drink High Life anymore. I'm about to say, mm. most brewers are either High Life or, of course, Banquet. So that's interesting. Uh, that's I, very my, interesting. My number one choice forever and always will be Jenny Cream Ale. That is the number one most favorite beer in my entire world. And <laughs> yes. <anyone laughs> anything less than stellar. Hmm. Whatever. It's great. Uh, I, always, I also appreciate how people always love their beer, their brewer, their brewery's beer, but they like, nah, 
banquet high life. Jenny's. Yeah. I love it. I love it. We, yeah. make, we make good beer too, but this is what we drink as well. I, I like am, that. I, I am drinking that. a Love City beer right now. Right. Uh, what is it? What is it? So this is stout. Um, it's an oatmeal stout. It is oatmeal stouts in general are a uh, style of beer that I really, really, really enjoy. But this, in my opinion, and this is not just um, me being in love with the brand, but uh, this beer is actually really freaking good. Uh, I've had a lot of oatmeal stouts, and this one just, it takes the cake for me. Um, it's is easy drinking, 5%. Uh, nice chocolate notes, but more like milk chocolate versus like that really dark, bitter chocolate, which I think helps mm-hmm. to make it a little bit more approachable and palatable for people so yeah i don't know yeah milk chocolate Shout is out better to than milk. yeah i'm with you on that <laughs> congratulations uh, i have uh in my first no actually this is trash no no what i have is um <laughs> remember that remember that place at the mbaa conference i forget their name i can grab the can but they had that non-alcoholic ginger beer yeah. yeah. So I mixed that with some of those simply spikes that I bought, Hannah, because they are way too sweet. What am I, 19? So I was like, I need a little. <laughs> ain't, ain't nothing wrong with mixing little, and matching. Ain't nothing wrong little, with that. A little, 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 little something, something. Cut the sweetness. <laughs> yeah, I was about to die. I couldn't do it. So my, that's my concoction. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. That's uh, fine. And Buffy, you said you were drinking water. You said H two O, right, Buffy? Oh, I got Coors Banquet, uh, coffee, okay. and water. Oh, uh, you got a whole. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a triple threat. Uh, <laughs> just black coffee. Mm-mm. I got that weird sugary French vanilla creamer in it that my husband oh, likes. <laughs> yes, yes, me too. Yeah, coffee mate. <laughs> Coffee Mate French Vanilla is delicious. He does International Delight because the Coffee Mate, he says, has a weird taste. Yes, yeah, I, f- I feel the same about International Delight. It's weird. That Their taste is a little weird. It's a little off. That's no, how I tell my- Oh, nice, nice. Buy some Coffee Mate. Buy some Coffee Y'all got it too in the, in the fridge. I'm sh- coffee Mate coming in really well, small, compact bottles. <laughs> they do. Put it off they to put the, it on the side, the, yeah, on the condiment the drawer. <laughs> Get your coffee, mate. <laughs> yeah. All right, Lou, what you drinking on? Oh, man, you know what I'm drinking on? We already talked about it, baby. Right. I made a beer, baby. Like, I can't believe it. I uh, want to give a shout-out to Autumn Arch because they are really good people. I, and they make agree. some really cool beer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Justin is super cool. Sorry, yep. not to cut you off. but No, I definitely you don't have to, to cut me off. Rob, Rob talked about the beer earlier. You you shouting out the brewers in the brewery is exactly yeah. what I was going to do. So, like, that's it, man. It's it's uh ESB. I had I never I've only had one ESB before uh we made our beer. Uh so I think this is the best ESB in the world. Um, I'm, I'm biased. Uh but it's a good it's a good Amen. beer. It's easy, it's easy to drink. It's uh six percent around about. Uh so yeah, man. If y'all can get out the auto march, uh buy the beer, uh come drink the beer. If you can't, you know, maybe contact somebody and maybe you can get the beer. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, pass me another and another and another until it's sold out. And then pass me some more. All right. For sure. Rob G. <laughs> yes, sir. 
What would you happen to be drinking on this week, sir? I'm actually drinking from uh, Liquid Intrusion, the South of D.C. Cream Ale. There it is. In the- mm. Oh, and yeah, Cream Ale. Do you get it? You get it? There it is uh, from uh, Liquid nice. Intrusion. Stay out yeah. the Cream Ale conversation. <laughs> what? Who don't love Cream Ale? Yeah, dumb No, I love Cream Ales. They're creamy. Oh, okay. They're creamy. I'm good. All right, this, yeah, this, this is a good one. Shout out to them. It's five percent ABV. Also, yeah. ha- I do have my uh, that my beer as well on tap, just in case mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm. need another another one. We'll see how yep. it goes. <laughs> Sometimes I'm pretty. Good It'll just one. be in the background for the rest of the episodes. Yeah, forever nice. and for, in, in perpetuity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a good beer. Um, uh, I love a good cream ale. Uh, corn, nice. corn being the big uh, produce produce from uh, Delaware, all makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. this is not made in Delaware, but still, yeah. it's close. It's close. Close enough. What uh, what's the ABV on that? Five percent. Five. Okay. Yeah, it's it's um, I think it's their second or third. Uh, I think it's like their fifth beer or something like that. Out of uh, they the, the they country. around there, yeah, because they got the the, uh, the seven seas and then their mm-hmm. uh, their her- her- herbal. I mean, the one that has the herbs in it. The, I can't remember what's the plum. The plum, and then they got the plum one too. Is the plum and the herb the same one? Yeah, I think so. So it's at least three. Ooh. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, well, uh, I'm glad everybody is drinking on what their preferred beverages are. So we just want to jump right into it. And I know you gave a little brief in- info in-, in terms of how you got to uh, Love City and all that stuff. But um, I guess we can start with uh, Hannah. How'd you get into craft beer and in to begin with? Right. <laughs> um, so I was a home brewer for a long time and uh, worked at a home brewer shop pretty close to my house. Um, Keystone Home Brewer Supply. They're Sort of like one of the OG homebrew shops, um, and also at one time they were like kind of the largest in the country. Now that we have on- online retailers, um, it's a little bit easier to to purchase stuff. You don't have to go in person. But um, from there, I moved into brewing professionally in 2015, and uh, I've been Love City is the fourth brewery that I've worked for, and in uh, a several different capacities, but um, I've done it all. I've, I've done brewing. I've done, obviously, all sorts of production work. Um, I did social media for a long time, did event planning, did all three of those things simultaneously, which was a lot. Uh, do not recommend. Um, and uh, now I'm able to really, really focus more on the production side of things. Um, barrels and barrel age projects funky mixed culture things is sort of my passion. Um, but I just, I just love everything about beer production. Um, mm-hmm. I love being hot, sweaty, stinky, gross at the end of the day. Um, it's just, it's really satisfying. And it's really satisfying to know that I had my hand in that product that other mm-hmm. people get to share. And enjoy. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like walking into the tap room and seeing people drink the things that, you know, I was intimately involved with producing is really cool. Um, and then understanding that that beverage is oftentimes what people are, it's, it's what's bringing people together, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're mm-hmm. sharing space with other folks. Um, and it's <clears throat> something that you did that they're doing that over. Like that's just, I don't know, it's super cool. Right. Yeah. So, I love the connection of all of it. Um, I felt that feeling this week. Did you? Yeah, I really did. Yeah, I really like awesome. we we went to the brewery and uh the they had trivia and the trivia host announced that we were there 
And we got like a little golf clap. And then like three people stood up and went and bought the beer and like walked yeah. away like, cheers, guys. And I was just like, oh, man, I going to like really drink the beer in front of me. Right. And yeah. yeah, it, yeah. Felt, it really felt, it felt, I understand exactly what you mean. Yeah. Which I, just gave me but I don't think I would have last week. <laughs> yeah, good, yeah. good. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if I would have felt that way or been able to share that feeling that you feel this time two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I oh, totally that's understand so cool. what you guys mean. That's so yeah. cool. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you, yeah, guys. I appreciate awesome. that. Yeah. Maybe. I don't mean to steal no shine or nothing, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's awesome. That's I awesome. shine, that's you a... shine, we all shine together, brother. <laughs> there you go, brother. I appreciate you. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh. Yeah, that's a cool so, feeling. So, so Hannah, back to you. When you say uh, like beer production, and then you said like barrel aged, and then the, uh, I forget what the what you what words you used. Uh, mixed culture. Mixed culture. That, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so you you're basically in the is that like an ex, just an experimental side of of Love City? Uh, yeah. So um, prior to being at Love City, I spearheaded um, a barrel house and blendery endeavor for Ship Bottom Brewery. Um, Main production facility is on Long Beach Island in New Jersey, but they opened a their house and blendery in Swarthmore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the focus it was both clean beer and uh, mixed culture beer. And what I mean by that, clean beer would be something like um, a bourbon barrel aged stout, or uh, a barley wine, or a Belgian quad, or something that um, you're putting into a barrel. But the yeast cultures that are used in it are known yeast cultures. Um, it's going to produce a, a pretty steady flavor profile. Mixed culture refers to um, wild yeast and bacteria. Um, and when I say bacteria, I know that it kind of is a word that we're just like, oh, no, not bacteria. But uh, lactobacillus is one of the main bacterial cultures. Lactobacillus is uh, yogurt culture. Um, it's used in probiotics. So... You know, if you really want to put a healthy spin on it, it's good for your guttural health. I'm not a doctor, but, uh, you know. <laughs> um, and those, those types of projects are more, um, more, what I like to say is it's where science meets art. So science will get you so far um, because you can understand what needs to happen in order to get it to a certain point. But beyond that, then the wild yeast and bacteria take over and they're a little bit more unknown. Um, mm. And it starts to become more of an art form, um, more subjective versus science-based. Um, it's, a lot of that is determined on um, sensory and by sensory, I mean uh, both your, your smell and mostly your taste. Um, so I don't know. I I love that that weird world where they kind of intertwine and and you know it hard, it becomes hard to determine what exactly the next thing is going to be. But through experience, you start to sort of learn how to uh, handle these projects and and where they're going to go. Um, but it's yeah, it's cool. Um, Autumn Arch does a lot of that stuff too, yep. actually, and yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah, that was how I, I actually started talking to Justin. Um, it was at a Kennet Fest, Kennet Winter, I think it was, uh, I don't know, one of the Kennet Brew Fest um, <laughs> a couple of years ago, and we started yeah. talking about mixed culture stuff. And yeah, so yeah, cool. a good reminder that I should reach back out to him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's, very, that's very interesting. That's out of the brewery is interesting. I like that. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, Britt, how, how did you get into uh, craft beer and, and all this? 
Okay. Uh, I was just kind of in the industry for a very long time. Um, I started in the industry, just like putting myself through college and of course worked at different restaurants, hated beer, thought it was disgusting. Uh, only had, you know, a sip of my dad's 40 when I was like 10 and like hated it. I was like, this is disgusting. I don't know why y'all drink this. It's terrible. And then like, somehow had like a dogfish head for Stina Pesh. And I was like, Ooh, Ooh, I like this. This is kind of cool. Like, okay, this doesn't make me want to throw up. I like it. All right. <laughs> Berliner rice with peaches. If you're not familiar with that style of beer. Um, and then like simultaneously, I started wa- working at like a popular brunch and craft beer bar that had just reopened. And so we were like going through the bottles, going through inventory. And I was just able to just try Mm. different things. And this was around like 2015, 2016. So around that time, like you had like pumpkin was a really big deal. Shape of hops to come. Like people waited for bated breath for those beers to come out. Um, This is around the time that Oscar Blues was kind of like blowing up. Same thing with uh, Ballast Point. Um, And so I was just able to kind of like, move along with this craft beer kind of like movement um, and just started trying a bunch of different beers um, and then moved on to work at a popular spot called Tria um, that was like very focused on wine, beer and cheese education. Um, And so I started learning more about the history of beer, how it was made. And then I was like, Hey, like maybe I could have a career in this. This sounds like something like I'm passionate about. Um, And I didn't know where I was going to start. I had no clue. I thought maybe I'd do some cute like sales and marketing, um, something creative. Never thought I'd be a brewer. Never thought, never saw that even in my peripheral. Um, And from there, I moved on to Monk's. I don't know if you're familiar with Monk's Cafe, but if you come to Philly, you should definitely go there. Um, It's definitely a beer, craft beer institution, particularly known for like bringing forth Belgian styles to the city of Philly. Um, And like you said, those mixed cultures that Hannah mentioned, a lot of them coming out of Belgium and other parts of the world. So um, that really expanded my palate, and that was a lot of fun. And then I kind of had the same journey that Buff had, Buffy had, um, where like 2020 happened, you didn't know what you were going to do. If you were like a server bartender, you were just kind of like, I collect this unemployment and it's great. But then I started thinking about, you know, what was I going to do? Went back to Love City as a bartender um, because I left like when I started working full time at Monks, came back. And I was always just interested in the other side of things. So Love City would often have opportunities for front of house staff to help out with canning. Uh, with canning beer production. So I was always like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll show up. I'll show up. I'll do it. I'll do it. Asking questions, poking around. And then it got to a point where they were ready to expand the brew team. And I was one of the first people that they went to because I was just always there and was always (laughs) interested. And they were like, Hey, you want to like train to brew? And I'm like, to to do what now? Um, and so I kind before of just they, like, Brett, I don't mean to stop you, but before they asked you, before they asked you, did you want to be a brewer or did you just want to learn the whole brewers 
Like it seems I've like never, no? yeah, I, I had <laughs> never home brewed. I just, it was something that I never saw for myself. Wow. wow. Like it was something that I never thought was an obtainable thing. Like if you had asked me five years ago, Britt, you, you can brew, right? And people would ask me, are you interested in brewing? I'm like, nah, man, I don't. math, science, <laughs> totally like selling myself majorly short. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I was just like, nah, like there's like no way. And then I jumped in and am learning, making a lot of mistakes. Um, almost injured myself heavily multiple times. And like three years in, I'm like brewing all these batches of beer, helping to create recipes, just learning all the different aspects of it and still just finding my way. Cause some days I'm like, I got this. And some days I'm like, girl, what? So we're just (laughs) figuring it out (laughs) all day, every day. So it's, yeah, and almost here. almost injured is not injured, so that's a that's definitely a positive. That's, that's my job. job. <laughs> yeah. That's my job. So, I mean, we're, you know, we're coming to you, we're coming to you next, Buffy. I'm I'm the king of running into carb stones and butterfly valves. Oh yeah, I, that's every that's day, every day, every day. day. Yeah. But that's yeah, crazy. I mean, it's it's chill. It's it's fun. There's, there's more I could talk about it all day, but that's the gist of it. Yeah, Ooh. just kind of just kind of stumbled in the back door. Yeah, that's good. And uh, side note, uh-huh. side note, everything in the brewery is trying to kill you. So I'm gonna just like put that out there. It is yeah. as as much fun as it is and as glamorous as it can seem. It is incredibly dangerous. Um, A million and one ways heat, to die. Yeah, heat, heat, pressure, chemicals heavy things like literally everything in the brewery is trying to kill you yeah um i didn't think about it like that yeah (laughs) you have to be very 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 (laughs) present um and very aware of your surroundings at all times (laughs) present there goes the p word again (laughs) Um, all right buffy how how did you get into uh, oh craft beer like how did you even say him this is something i wanted to do or or something i wanted to drink uh I have been working in craft beer since I was 17 years old. Um, I've been in the restaurant industry for since I was 13. I'm now 30, so 17 years, quite a while. Um, but I grew up in Victory Brewing. And I know it like sounds cutesy when people say that, but like I spent five nights a week there as like a wee little child because they <laughs> kind of... They formulated it for kids to be there as well. It was, like, one of the only places that had, like, an arcade that we could go and play in the arcade. And then my parents could hang out with their friends, um, but still feel as though they were supervising us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I had always found the process of it very interesting. I just never thought I was smart enough for it. Um, so I sort of came in from the front side, which now I know is ridiculous. I am I'm <laughs> much smarter than I ever gave myself I'm, I'm credit. I'm you know that now. Yeah, good. Um, yeah. I also didn't fully understand it. Like I knew the process of it, and I found it very cool. But it was more from a serving side. Um, I worked in a whole bunch of craft places in Westchester. Uh, ended up transferring to Temple for my school stuff. Um, and through that, I was working a full-time job at a craft beer bar in Maniunk. Um, I thought I was going to be the next GM of the next location of that place. And then COVID happened mm. and everything went weird. 
and I realized I don't want to serve rude people anymore. Um, so I hit up the sales manager, their name's Mo at Love City, and was like, hey, mm-hmm. are you guys hiring for any position? And I started bartending. The folks were a lot nicer, uh, generally. Uh, but the folks that I worked with were really cool. Actually, Britt was the first person I met there. I walked in and we like they had their face shield on and all their PPE and all this ridiculous stuff. And I'm double masked for this interview that I have. And I was super happy to get the job there because they had a very safe outdoor area. And I have a lot of immunocompromised folks, but I needed to work. Um, or I have contact with a lot of immunocompromised folks. So working outside was great. And then the world started opening up again. And kind of as that was happening, one of our delivery drivers left. And I was like, this was after Britt and I were helping out on the canning line. And I was staring at this crazy machine that's filling these cans of beer. It was something that I'd never really seen in action before. And I just thought it was so cool because I like mechanics a lot. Um, So I kind of started pushing and figuring out how to do that. And my boss was talking next to me to one of, it may have been just to Britt and I like, hey, do you know anybody who wants to drive the truck? And I, as a joke, was like, oh, I'll deliver beer. I was like, I like driving big trucks. I've driven big trucks for a lot of my life on my, like, little side jobs. And I started doing that. And then seeing more how a brewery works and in action as opposed to just on a brew tour, I was like, yo, I think I could do some of this. Like, this is very cool, and I think I could do it. And more opportunity opened up and I just kept pushing. Like, let me, let me do this full time. I don't want to be driving this truck anymore. It hurts to have 165 pound kegs thrown at me all day. I am very strong, but I do not want to do that. Um, and I sort of just kept pushing and it worked. Um, (laughs) I learned how to do a thing that I became indispensable for because there was really only one full time canning operator so I weaseled my way in, and I don't think go, a lot right? of people will appreciate me saying that because I know <laughs> there's people trying to get into this industry, but I tried really hard just to can some damn beer, and now I'm making it. Yeah. Hey, hey. Ain't, ain't nothing wrong with a yeah. weasel. Ain't nothing wrong with a weasel when the weasel <laughs> turned out to be good. That's not, that's not a weasel. It's determination. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you yeah, and, and, yeah, and you were already right, this there. Is my, you this is my Catholic there. guilt. That's what we're doing. Okay. Okay. I don't mind the weasel because my Patronus is a weasel, so that's fine. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. We, we weasel our way in. Oh, I see that. I see, I see what you're doing right there now. Hufflepuff, <laughs> Hufflepuff for life, Brett. Word. Yeah, yeah. Where's yeah. your hat, Brett? I don't have. Why a Where's your hat? Uh-huh. I mean, I'm gonna go get it right now. Don't play with me because I got to from my drink anyway. You got a cloak too? If you get your no. wizard hat, I'll get my. If you get your wizard hat, I'll get my wand. Well, <laughs> Buff made me a wizard hat. I do have a wand. I got well. three. I have three. Okay. I have three. All right, Harry Potter. In the house. I have two cloaks. I, I, I thought I was going to I have been out there to contribute. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get. We'll get back to you, Hannah. We'll get back to you. Oh, it's fine. I'm just going <laughs> to. Uh, Hannah's like, nah. <laughs> 
I don't really either. I know what they're talking about, but I have no. Uh, I got cloaks. You guys can both borrow. You're good. Hey, like, hey. Everyone can have a cloak. Look, you, can, you can borrow my wand. I'm a, you can only borrow with the. I would need my wand back. I have my wand. I don't need another one. Right, right. <laughs> my, my sword of Gryffindor. Gotcha. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious, Hannah, as a uh, home brewer, what was the, I guess the, what was the first brew you actually brewed? Like, what was the first uh, home brew you actually did? And what first was the success? Year, <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I had brewed batches with um, other friends and my brother, um, kind of all throughout the tail end of college, then after college, and then during grad school, it wasn't really until I moved in with um, the my, my now husband, but I moved in as a roommate first. It was a very long story that I'm not even going to go into, but... But go ahead. Uh, <laughs> but we, we both had homebrewed with separate groups of, of friends, and then... Um, we were like, you know, like, let's give this a try. And Keystone Homebrew Supply is literally right down the street from us. Mm-hmm. So we were like, let's go, let's go invest in some stuff. And we kind of just decided to jump headfirst into it. Um, it was right around Christmas. You know, we had some Christmas money and <laughs> um, kind of kind of bought more equipment than I think most beginning homebrewers buy. But, but we had the experience prior to know that we wanted to do this. Um, right. So the first thing that we that we brewed together was a cherry Belgian blonde. Oh. Um, yeah, That's so extravagant. Yeah, and you know it actually was it was not terrible. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty decent. So it was. Hey, you could drink it. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, right? For sure. Um, and it was probably only about nine. Less than nine months after that, that I started working um, at Keystone. And then a couple months after that, I started teaching classes there. Um, I love teaching, so um, that was super cool. Uh, When I went back to grad school, actually, I went back initially to do secondary education, and then I decided I never wanted to teach in a traditional classroom. So um, being able to teach about beer is, you know, it's a nice way for me to bridge that. Um, and, and still be able to share that knowledge and, um, but talk about something that I'm passionate about and, you know, be able to curse and nobody's going to rat you out. Yeah, to, to yeah. They, expect, they actually expect the cursing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you teach, do you still teach now? Do you um, teach beer classes now? So I, not on a routine, regular basis, but ironically, um, I am actually teaching a class uh for arcadia university um oh, nice. this coming thursday 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 can't forget that yeah so uh that's a, a class um the professor i have known for a number of years uh, we actually got to know each other through beer um he had a student so the department that he's in is uh, criminal justice, so not at all related to, to beer or brewing, but um, one of the things that he really focuses on is looking at the inequities in the world in general, but um, he had a student that he had, they had, he had challenged his students to write a thesis, and he had a student that said that they wanted to look at how breweries opening in um, 
some neighborhoods that are going through gentrification, essentially, um, how that is impacting for better or for worse, how that is impacting that those communities. Um, and so they had reached out to me and, and interviewed me. This is, oh gosh, probably 2016 or 2017. So this is a while ago. Um, and the uh, professor's name is Fabi and Fabi um, then reached out to me and was like, you know, I think there's something to this. And I think I want to do some sort of class that looks at um, the social aspects of beer and not just um, like the science side of it, but also look at, at how it impacts and affects um, communities that it's, that it's in and, and um, the history behind it. And so it's, he's actually developed a whole class that came out of this, this one student's thesis, which is really cool. Um, and then, so every, every year since then, I've, I've done a guest lecture. Um, whatever brewery I've been at, they've brought their class to me and we've done a whole thing. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, interesting. Um, I'm curious to know because uh, a, a lot of, I think all of you kind of said you were drawn to like Love City as, as just like, I guess as the culture or as the organization. So what actually brought you? Cause that's, cause one, I, I know both, uh, Philadelphia has brotherly love, so love city. But it seems like um, when people think about crappy industry, they tend to think cis white male in the back of the house. But obviously, here today, you proved that wrong. No so, cis white males. <laughs> so no. what? So what brought y'all? Is that one of the reasons that brought you to love city in the beginning? Like, because there is definitely uh, diversity and inclusion at the uh, at the brewery, as we can see right in front of us. Or, or to even follow up that question. Are you ladies the diversity? Was it cis white male before y'all showed up, or was it all, always their their mission statement to be the way that it seems to be now? Um, I feel so like it was always say- that way. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, you're good. I'm gonna say I came there because I'm actually not a woman. I'm uh, non-binary, and it was one of the few places that I felt comfortable was open about queer acceptance, mm-hmm. and I was I. I basically only knew queer people who worked there and was like, okay, this seems safe. Cause my last job, I actually left because of some really hard transphobic comments made mm. by the owner. Um, and it was one of the few places that I was like, I feel like I can just go there and be okay. And yeah. it worked. I ended up next to people like Brit who yeah, yeah. defended to the end. So that's great. That's dope. That's really good. But yeah. Uh, yeah, when I first got there, I knew about Love City just from like some good friends of mine who lived like right around the corner. They were like, "Yo, this new beer opened up." I actually found out about Love City because when I was at Tria, we had their Love City Lager on for a little bit, and it sold like hotcakes because it was a delicious local lager that it's. You know, a lot of times people come into restaurants and they're tourists and like, I want to drink something from Philly. Like all the Belgian stuff is nice, but what have you made here? Um, So that's how I knew about Love City. And I was kind of sort of a regular. Um, And then uh, at one point, one of the bartenders, Mary, shout out to Mary. Hi, Mary. Um, (laughs) Hey, Mary. Um, She was like, oh, you should like submit your resume and like. We're not hiring right now, but like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and then I, I started as a barback and had never barbacked a day in my life. Um, 
didn't know how to change a keg because I never had to. And they were like, well, you seem like you're really interested in just being here. It was always like the attitude for me. It was like, I just want to learn and I just want to get in where I fit in. So they were very open and very kind and they've always been very supportive of me as an individual. Mm -hmm. Um, And as like being a a black woman, it has been a very interesting journey, but I don't feel like anybody that I've worked with, especially in the back of the house has made that a thing. I can't control what other avenues think about Mm -hmm. my presence. but That's not my problem. I know that the people that I direct that I work with directly um, are just here to help me go upward and mm-hmm. onward. So, yeah, it's been it's a good it's place to be. It's a good it's place to be. Not only job has your back. Yeah, not even just for diversity and inclusion, but like they made sure everybody had unlimited sick days. We still do. Um, I go to therapy for free mm-hmm. because of my job. You know, mm-hmm. like there's different. Yeah. There's different ways that they take care of us. Um, some big, some small. Some people yeah. notice, some people don't, depending on who you are. But just like um, they're just really good at taking care of people. But one thing I have had to learn for myself is that you have to allow them to take care of you, right. um, which is something that I've had to learn. Um, so it's definitely a good spot to be, and I definitely wouldn't have asked to be to start my career anywhere else to be quite honest that's awesome both those answers are good I've worked in some very toxic environments um, like hugely toxic environments within this industry Um, and I refuse to ever go back there Um, what I work for every single day is trying to blaze a trail that is uh, a more clear and less harmful path for those that are coming up through the industry now. Um, Melissa, who is uh, one of the co-founders and owners of Love City, she and I are both on a committee um, that is a a statewide committee. It's for our State Brewers Guild. Um, She's on the board of directors as well. And um, it's an equity and inclusion committee. So we're trying to make this industry more more equitable um, and inclusive within the state of Pennsylvania, but also um, I'm also part of the NBAA, Diversity Equity Inclusion Committee, um, which is an international organization. Um, so, yeah, Love City was, was where I had my sites set. Um, I'm the first person they've hired from, without, from outside the company uh, in the five years that they've been open, and I don't take that lightly. That's a pretty... Mm-hmm. A pretty cool thing um and so i knew that that love city was a location that i wasn't going to have to fight as hard just to exist as who i am like i yeah. could show up as myself every single day and that was acceptable um i didn't have to try to fit into a mold um or be treated differently because of how i identify or how i look um mm-hmm. and that's a, that's a really good feeling. Um, when you feel safe in the environment, you know, this goes back to me talking about everything in the brewery is trying to kill you. Well, you have to be very aware of what's going on around you. Um, and you're so hyper-focused on all those yeah, other things that, and you need to be. Um, so if you are able to just show up and feel safe in your environment as who you are, then you are 
already working in a safer environment physically too. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? That makes um, perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big thing that we talk about um, in a lot of our things is brewery safety is not just about the physical uh, harms and, and things that are around you. It's, it's yeah. also about the mental and emotional side of things too. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a very good company and you know, the thought of equity and inclusion, treating people with kindness and fairness and just, with respect, which is such a mind-blowing concept, yeah, right? It's really um, easy, though. Really easy. It really is. But that's that's part of the the entire ethos of the company. Um, you know, we have our code of conduct posted multiple places within the brewery, uh, both on production side and within the tap room. And it's cool to have that and and look at that every day and be like, "Yep, not only are those words, but it's actually being yeah, we're living that. Like mm-hmm. it's it's." It, it permeates throughout the entire company. Uh, and it seems like y'all so. keep on hiring people that have that same likeness, that, that have that same attitude. So that, well, that's funny. Good. Yeah. Because like, I didn't even put this together until just now. Um, I believe all three of us have been branded something along the lines of like troublemakers or loudmouths at all our mm. other jobs. Sassy. Because, yeah, usually it's for standing up for other folks yeah, or for yeah. ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm just now putting it together that all three of us landed in the same place that we can now like say a sentence and not be attacked or questioned for yeah, it. Yeah, it can be considered. Everything you say is actually considered and respected. And yeah. like they, it's very weird. They genuinely listen. <laughs> like that's active. not supposed to be yeah. weird. That's not supposed. I know. Genuinely <laughs> weird. Wow. No, it's it's but like it's the places that we've come from. It just, it's new. It's, it yeah. shouldn't be new, but it is a new feeling. And it does it's feel like all feeling. three of us have been very like settled. It yeah. feels less calmer. That's it. There's a calm yeah. about being able to say something and not feeling like it's going to blow up in your face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think also Hannah, right. like what you said, like you feel it's so much danger at your job. If you're not paying attention that one one misstep because you're thinking about what your coworker said earlier or what your coworker might say when he comes in or she comes in at five today that you may slip or you may fall or you may not have your your other coworkers back when y'all are brewing or doing whatever in the back of the house and to be able to be safe at work and enjoy your job like that's the double whammy of that is is dope so yeah cheers to y'all. that's dope that's really good man and it's so, that so y'all all three of y'all have the same sentiment. Yeah, y'all all three yeah. are talking the same. Like you said, Buffy, y'all all came from the same toxic areas to love to love each other at Love City. And y'all yeah. all have the same reasonings. That that's that's cool, man. I can't to wait. piggyback on what Buffy and Hannah both spoke about, like coming from like certain toxic environments. And what I said earlier is kind of like letting Love City take care of you mm-hmm. in ways. Um, definitely have had my share of like what I deem difficult conversations with coworkers and with ownership that has been met with just like respect. Like it's always a, I know everybody says they have an open door policy, but like with Kevin and Melissa, shout out to them and with co-brewers, just having that space to kind of like take off the armor a little bit mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. kind of be like, okay, these people are actually like here for me and that's great. So that's it's, it's definitely a good thing. And also like talking about mental and emotional health that love city 
are really great with that. I mean, they're not always perfect. No job is, but like, you know, I've definitely had my struggles with my mental and emotional health and they have Mm -hmm. been there with me like every step of the way um, as far as my brew crew as well. So that is very important. I'm glad awesome. that I have that support. Right, well, let me good. give a lot, round of applause to Love City because they just yeah, just in general. <laughs> right off the bat, Melissa, for sure. We got a lot of breweries on. I, I ain't gonna talk about them individually, but this is a uh, <laughs> yeah. This is this is one of the one the special ones for sure. Uh, I'm curious to know, like, when, when you look at this, I guess the brewing schedule is there one beer or or style that you get excited about? Like, oh snap, this is we brewing this today. <laughs> All loggers. I get excited about loggers. Did you just put both your hands on your hips? Did you just swim? Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I love loggers. The first, I think, three brews. And again, I've only been brewing since January, so I only have a couple under my belt. But my first couple brews were IPAs. Pretty much all of them uh, are racer hoods or variations of, which is our hazy IPA. the second I got, a, I think the first one I got was Pilsner. And I was just like, finally, I get to do it. I get to do the thing that I like. Because I like brewing beer that I like drinking. Not that I don't like drinking yeah. hazy IPAs, but I am a lager kid. Gotcha. So any lager is my favorite. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sorry, I just jumped so heavy on yeah. that. It was a lot. That's, it was a lot that's into that. Lot, lager kids, you've been in breweries since you were a wee baby. Like you got mm-hmm, both. Got a lot going on. <laughs> how about you? How about you, Britt? What's your uh, What's your favorite uh, brew to brew? Um. Well, I definitely love our Eraserhood. To me personally, I think it's like one of the best, if not the best, locally made hazy IPA. And you know. You can meet me outside if you think otherwise, but I just think the beer is great. And it was a beer that I loved ever since I first started going there. So my first time brewing that was a lot of fun, although it was daunting because it was like the one of the first like 60 barrel batches of hood that we did. So I was kind of like coming in on the second half of this brew that had already been established. So it was like, I can't mess this up because I'm putting this into something that's already existing. So you kind of have to like match up with those numbers, but I love the Eraserhood. That's one of my favorites. And I've brewed recently um, the Tart Beats, which is a series that we do. It's like a tart wheat fruited ale. Um, And I brewed the Raspberry Tart Beats. And that was a lot of fun because like Hannah, I love like mixed culture beers, mm-hmm. like sours, barrel aging stuff. Hannah's the expert, and she about to put me on game. But the first Tart Beats one, I was really excited to brew that, and it came out really well. So, like physically excited, like it was very obvious how excited <laughs> it was. Amazing, it was great. I did, I did brew like the Philly sour ale too that we did that tastes like cherry lemon water ice. That was fun. Ooh. But like, yeah, brewing my first kettle shot sour, I was like, <laughs> I get to put bacteria in this. <laughs> yeah, it was great. How many? They're from the outside. Ahead, I, I must say, I've had uh, the eraser hood and double eraser hood. They are they are pretty pretty exquisite. I must say, just just my exquisite. personal opinion. Yeah, they wow, are, they, these they e-words. Are, yeah. no, the e-words are just effervescent. Uh, <laughs> they, they they're really good today. And my wife wanted to make sure she <laughs> make sure she said that the uh, they make a delicious cranberry mule. But last time mm. when we went there before, 
I do on my birthday, I think she had that because she don't drink craft beer. So she wanted to make sure she said that. <laughs> we do have a pretty a pretty awesome cocktail game too. Yeah. Um, and like total side it's note, but we're uh, we're getting ready if we haven't already, uh, getting ready to release some new spring cocktails. So, uh-huh. so you guys uh, make your own cocktails in house? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Couple yep. of the bartenders get together and oh. and they do. A, there's a lot of R and D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They fill yeah. the bar with all their ideas, <laughs> and it's a whole day long production. And they yeah. put a lot of heart and love into it. Lauren and Mary, good job, guys. Love y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Friday, I was I was brewing, and they were doing something with basil, and the aroma of basil just kept wafting over the wall mm-hmm. so much so that I and I knew what they were doing, but I was like. It smells like pesto. Pesto makes yeah, I gotta, I like I pesto. Yeah, I got to go. Quicker <laughs> 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 around the wall. I was like, "What are you guys doing? What's happening? What are you doing?" <laughs> uh, oh, that was that was the, so. <laughs> that was what it is. Plum basil was the Libco beer. That that's what it was. Plum basil. Just sign. Yep, up. yep, oh, yep. Basil. Plum basil. Yep. yep. Pesto. Plum there it is. is. Pesto always gets you back to basil. Uh, plum. Plum is my favorite fruit to use in beer. I, oh. I absolutely love plum. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think the reason why. Sorry, we're like. Going off on tangents. But oh, that's what we do. We free flow. We free flow okay, out here. I, like mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think the reason why I like plum so much in beer is because it tastes so wildly different than an actual plum. Mm. When you bite into a plum, it's um, if you have a, a ripe plum, I'm going to just assume that we're talking about ripe plums because underripe plums are very different. <laughs> um, but a good, nice, juicy, you know, farm sand, fresh plum is it's sweet, you know, and it has this. Um, almost berry-like profile to it mm-hmm, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Something in the fermentation process changes it, and it just becomes this whole new flavor profile that is just so super cool. And I don't know. I just, I love it. I love it. Hannah, I love Hannah are you, a, are you so a plum connoisseur? Do you like all the plums, or do you just like plums and beer? I'm saying this um, because no, one, summer, like yeah. one summer I had a summer of plum. Where I went and just like, started, <laughs> just do, you, do you want to recreate plum? Let's do it. Let's do it. There's so many different varieties of plums, and you never know. People think they're getting the same plum when they go to no. the grocery store, and it's like Nine. six different ones at that cool. super fresh or whatever. Like, so yeah. you go to a farmer's market, it's all these different yeah. plums. Man, yes, yeah. let's do it. Super yeah, let's do it. Come I haven't heard that. Who wants to have a summer of plum? The we, we definitely got to do is the Terpene Love City Booze and Banners Summer of Plum. I love yeah. it. Yeah. The well, Terpene's I mean, Plum was fire. Look, well, do you know what kind of plum have... that was, Britt? Do you know what type of plum that was? <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it, it just came, it came in the tub. Yeah, I don't know so what type, don't, of, so what type no, of plum. Say no. Yeah, just yeah. say no. It's fine. It's fine. No. I know I was going a little crazy when it I said It just said plum puree, yeah. 400 and right. something gallons. Yeah, that was like, probably right. like that's probably like 18 different plums, different plum variations in there. Hey, the beer came out fire, so Turkey's plum. There plums, we go. plums are underrated. Apples they get are. all the credit, and plums be out here, man. You, and peaches too. Peaches get all the credit. Yep. Love yeah, a peach. they do get a good I mean, lot, a of, a lot of credit when it's like a. Plum. I love a peach though. Plum just sitting here like I'm here, <laughs> waiting, waiting on y'all. And then, just... and then you have pluots. 
like two listen, listen. Oh, Hannah, Hannah, we I'm DMing you after the show. We're gonna have a okay. lot of conversations. Yep. Right. Yep. I, mean, I don't think anybody I don't think anybody cares about what we're talking about right now. <laughs> so we can kind of continue. Right. <laughs> might, I mean we might have some uh, you know, connoisseurs on here. I don't know. We had two comments from people saying that they had something with plums. Yeah, a lemon plum. I don't even know what lemon plum is, but there you go. Look, it got the end with the oh my goodness at the end, so you know that was good. Lemons and plums. Sheesh. I know. <laughs> okay, I, all right, back to back to back to you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna refocus. I have is a two part question. How many brewers do you guys have on staff? If you guys know. This is a two part question. Five. 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 Okay. Now, do you guys, do the five of you guys get to put your name on the brew schedule for different beers? That you, so when the Pilsner came available, Buffy, were you like, oh, I'm I'm here that day. I don't, We only need three of y'all, but it, I'm be one of them. Is that how it works or are all we five rotate. of y'all? In, in, okay, yeah, we so rotate. You don't, so yeah. you, don't, you don't get to throw your name in the one that you want. So you just happen to get to. No, could. Because the there's only a couple of us, we can mm-hmm. sort of. Like, if you're like, I feel super passionate about this this beer, <laughs> especially if it's a one-off. Yeah. We work with each other. Okay. We all like okay. each other and want to do the, want to watch people be happy. Mm-hmm. So, that, like. That, make, that brings me to another question. How many one-offs do you have? Do you guys do that, do that a lot? Well, there's we have that. a couple series like we have like our modern love series which is our rotating hop series and then we mm-hmm. have um like the tart beats like Britt was saying we have a couple series that we change one or two things about right. it okay. usually the fruit or the mm-hmm. hops added um but we've been doing quite a few more one-offs why guys like can you ask <laughs> why do y'all do this why, why do breweries do these one-offs like I, i'll never get it again and y'all, it's, it's, a, it's a tease. Well, it's a tease. Well, tell me why. Please tell sometimes, me. Sometimes the one-offs uh, start off as a one-off, and then they might become a full-time beer or something that we do bring back. Right, like Steve Irwin. Um, well, what's the percentage of that, Hannah? What, how often does that actually happen, though? Well, it happened with I've the eraser. I've only been there since November, yes, so I can't fully say okay. how often, but I can say that... Um, a beer that I brewed on Friday is starting off as a one-off, but the thought is that we're going to do it again if it mm-hmm. is successful. Mm-hmm. So, gotcha. yeah, sometimes it's just a, an audience thing, you know? Like, okay. if, our, okay. if our consumers really, really enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. But also, gotcha. there's the level of creativity that gets to happen with one-offs is, I mean, it's, it's different than something that we brew all the time that is an Absolutely. established recipe. Absolutely. Uh, so being able to to do something that is a little bit more creative, um, you know, that's fun. It's fun. Yeah, I understand. So, I understand. But okay. also, we do it just to tease y'all. Yeah, we, we I, do, I, do that. At least, at least. <laughs> yeah, thank you for, th- thank you for telling me that. Yeah, thank you, thank you. We for like to play, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a small percentage Actually, in there. But it is actually what Hannah spoke about happened with the Eraserhood, which is one of our most popular core beers, the hazy IPA that I spoke about. That started off as kind of like a, oh, we're just doing this. And then it became like one of our core beers and one of our best, um, one of our best sellers. So like Hannah said, there is an amount of that's in the variety pack all year long. Mm -hmm, (laughs) That's mm -hmm. all I got to say. It made it to the variety pack. It did. That's fun. Yeah, like it's it's a lot of creativity. Actually, my first official brew, first batch that I'd ever brewed was the Dream Cycle. 
IPA, which is like an orange vanilla jaunt that we do. Mm. And we put fresh vanilla and pump fresh orange juice into. So as someone who was a nervous wreck, uh, one of our co-brewers, Toby, shout out to Toby, (laughs) y'all. Can we put a hand clap on for Toby real quick? Yeah, for sure. I love the sound effects. (laughs) Shout out to my man, Toby. He's the best. Uh, he was just kind of like, you know, you can, you, there's pressure, but there's not, it's not like a core beer. Not saying that you don't take each recipe seriously, but with core you beers, you have to kind of like. Yeah, somebody's going to walk in there and like, I had this last month, every it tastes different. Yeah. yeah. Right. But the arms so like With one-offs, you can kind of yeah. be like. Nobody gonna come in like hey, this. Is taste different? Yeah, this tastes different. Than I mean, you time. might like, um, taste different from what? Uh, never. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, how are you coming here every day? Like, get out of here. I started with a lot of one-offs. Like, I started mm-hmm. with like the Dream Cycle. Then I walked in one day and they're like, "You're doing this one," and that was the uh, Dripponomics. That so we that's did. the we one that I was one. gonna bring up. So another yeah, really good reason to do something like a one-off is to collaborate with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brit, I was very happy they wanted to come this year, um, but they also brewed a beer this year for a band, Soul Glow. They're a local Philly band. They're in the metal scene. They're fucking, sorry, I don't know if I can say that. They're freaking great. They're freaking awesome. Um, (laughs) But uh, it was a really cool experience because uh, Metal and Beer Fest is one of the biggest metal festivals in collaboration with craft breweries. Um, especially on this side of the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's run by Decibel Magazine. Clearly, I have a lot of passion about metal music as I'm talking, Um, but we were invited this year to collaborate with one of the bands, Soul Glow, to make one of the greatest double hazy IPAs I've ever drank in my life, and Brit killed that brew. But Wait, I, I have, sold I out of it. To, 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 to. <laughs> and, I, and that's at the Met, right? That's at the Met normally? That was at the Fillmore. Jeez. okay? Yeah, that was at the Fillmore. Yeah, there we go. Okay. I had to move something out the way to get to this can, but I kept the can because it's super lit. Yeah. Love City and Soul Glow, and it was great. And I brewed that beer by accident, and I was definitely hungover, but it came out great. Oh. But it was I great in because like, of what? us, the band got listened to. Because of the band, we got drank. And it was yeah. a very cool relationship that we got to have yeah. with those guys. And they're great guys. Listen to their stuff. There you go. That's funny. When I heard Soul Glow, I thought coming to America. but <laughs> That's what I thought, too. I thought that was well, an R&B cover. I thought it was an yeah. R&B cover band. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. Definitely how R&B cover with Soul Glow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. One of my favorite movies, by the way. Yeah, of course. It should as it should be. Yeah. Young Cuba Gooden Jr. <laughs> oh, the, he was in that? Uh, yeah, he was getting his hair cut. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was. He was. Like, it was like Brett, real. Brett, Brett. I thought, Brett. I, I had to think for a second. I had <laughs> to like, I was like, where was he at? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope I wear I can. <laughs> Oh man! Um, I lost my but yeah, one off, one offs are fun. Yeah, are fun. y'all, y'all made it sound a little bit more appealing. But it, I'm, I'm really glad that Buffy announced that there is a percentage of the teas involved because that's, I think, the percentage is higher than y'all say. But <laughs> I, as long as there's, it's in there. There's a lot of breweries that really only do one-offs, and they maybe only have one or two core beers. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I actually think that Love City is a bit of an anomaly at this point in the craft beer world. Um, You know, 10 years ago, 
the beers that people demanded were wildly different than what they are now. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, 10 years ago, Hetty Topper was just starting to become a recognizable name. Uh, mm. And it was something that people, you know, it was highly sought after. Mm. Um, the idea of doing a, a hazy IPA was still like, what you want you're intentionally trying to keep haze in there what um what clarity a novelty yeah it was such a novelty idea and i mean it was it was really uh sort of poo-pooed upon uh for a while um and now you know you see brands that you know that's what they're known for um you know other half is a great example of that uh and so you know the 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 ebb and flow and the evolution of the, the craft beer industry and, and what people want is so different. Um, again, you know, 15, 20 years ago, the brands that breweries had, they were your Amber Ales, um, your West Coast IPAs, um, you know, a stout or a porter, sometimes both. Um, and now... <laughs> good luck finding some of those on a lot of tap lists. Uh, so I do feel like Globe City is a little bit of an anomaly in the fact that, you know, Sylvie okay. Stout is on draft. We have Unity IPA, which is um, a more traditional IPA, but I'm still going to use that, use traditional in quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a Pilsner, we have a Lager on at all times. <laughs> like it's, that's that's a little bit of an anomaly when you go when you go into a lot of places. So um, okay. our core beers, I think, are a little are yeah. I don't know. I think it's just a little bit different. Uh, no, I'm, I'm at the. They also stick pretty true to style with those. Like, yeah. Hmm. When you when you come into the tap room and you order a lager, you know what it's going to taste like, and <laughs> and not in a like oh that's bad or predictable. It's just like this is a true lager. I don't know. Maybe predictability yeah. is good in that. I right. guess that's the point that I'm trying to well, make. Well, and I think it's the same reason why yeah. we Thanks gravitate for, uh, towards uh, High Life or Coors Banquet or Jenny Cream, right? Because you know what that beer is going to taste like each and every time that you get it. And you I don't think, have to think about it. I think that's the issue, or not necessarily the issue, but the, the transition regular beer drinkers to craft beer drinkers. Like like you said, like everybody knows what a Coors like tastes like or what a Banquet or whatever they're brand name beer tastes like but when you go to a brewery a craft brewery and you get a one-off or you don't have a stable of beers it's something that you can't go back to so it's like oh i found a great beer i go back the next month and it may not be there it's kind of disappointing and frustrating that's where my fandom and consumer customer side comes in because i didn't come into this loving crap loving beer at all i was like you like ew that's gross and then I realize it's different styles that I can enjoy that's not a Heineken or a Yingling yeah. or whatever. And I feel uh, your favorite. I, yeah. I fell in love with a one-off. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> tough, man. Like all these, and they uh, don't even but, make it but, no more. That's and like then, song. Yeah, and then you, <laughs> get, you like finally talk to a brewer. <laughs> I fell in love with a one-off. I fell in love with a one-off. I fell in love with a one-off. It could be a lot of different one-offs. Oh my goodness. Once a year. <laughs> yeah, but that there, yeah, that's 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 good to know. I feel right. that. Well, and um I think um I think Garrett Oliver has said it in a in a, a lecture I think he was given in terms of like if you go into a brewery, taste their lagers and pilsners to see if they can actually brew because that you can't hide 
anything and, and mm. those dialed. Like you can hide, you can cover up stuff in the stout or or even hazy at that point. Throw some more fruit in there or something. I don't know. Rule of thumb. Yeah. Always yeah, go for the pilsner. Lager pilsners or the lightest beer that they have on tap is always going to be a good barometer mm. for right. the rest of of what you can expect. Um, why the lightest ABV. beer? Why the lightest ABV beer? Why? Why would you? Because say that? they're the most delicate. Um, they're mm-hmm. actually the hardest to brew, and that's oh. something. Um, whenever I would do brewery tours with folks, um, and you know, people would kind of look down upon, um, you know, craft beer or uh, not craft beer, uh, macro beer, and say, oh, you know, it's you know, it's just a, a Coors Light or whatever. And I'm like, okay, first of all, there's a time and a place for every beer in this world. So, um, except course light. <laughs> okay, well, that's fine. We I don't like werewolf killers. We don't like werewolf killers. No silver bullets. Okay. Drink banquet right. like an adult. Like, Sorry. Okay. Excuse me. I'm a child. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a child. I like a little bit of course light. I'm a child. Yeah, I'm a child. and and I'm honestly, I'm, I'm it's fine. okay, Buff. You don't you don't offend me. <laughs> I'm totally I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, I, I like I, a little course. I don't. I personally don't like the the term beer snob um i don't find it to be flattering it's not something that i would ever use to describe myself or anyone else if someone chooses to use that term to describe themselves that's fine um but i really do think that there's a time and a place every beer in this world and so when when people would say like oh you know it's it's just a it's just a Kolsch or it's just a Pilsner. I'm like, ah, wait a minute. Those are actually the hardest beers to brew because there is mm. nothing to hide behind. You have to have a really clean brew process from start yeah. to finish. You have to use quality grain. Your louder process has to be clean. You don't want it to pull too much uh, huskiness or pull some sort of like astringency. Um, and then your fermentation process has to be flawless. Like mm. you have to pay attention to the temperatures. Um, make sure that you're using the right yeast. Uh, it's so a long brew day too. There's just there's a lot of things that go into the most simplistic beers, um, and there's an art to making a simple beer still taste complex, and that is mm, that true, is a true. that is a thing that comes from experience. I think um, it's yeah. I don't know. Also, I will get down with the TBI. It's Mayor Holland. Um, <laughs> <so>, yeah. <laughs> I love how much y'all like. I love how much y'all like non-craft beer. That, that's. I think we talk more about non-craft beer on this episode. You, you, you had to. You had to start somewhere. Yeah. Start. We'll start at two hundred one. We'll start at two hundred one. Mike's our yeah. cranberry lemonade. You, you had to. Right. Right. Had to end up somewhere. That's true. That's true. No, honestly, I just started. Like Buffalo's like going in. Like I want to do the lagers. And to speak on what Hannah said, like those are long brew days. I just did a lager brew, and that was like ten hours. Mm, mm. Um, and it took me a while to get my sugars um, together because, like, doing the hazies, you're throwing dextrose in, you're triple dry hopping. If there's oats, there's all types of things. There's like lagers and pilsners. It's like you're trying to hit that gravity, you're trying to hit the volume, you're trying to hit the clarity. And for a while, I was not getting there. I was like. It's not happening. And then finally, I'm like, oh, yeah, lagers. I got this. Because <laughs> they are, they are, like Garrett Oliver said, like, those are the hardest ones to really perfect because you cannot hide. You can't just throw some fruit in there and cover up whatever you're doing. I always say that, like, IPAs are like the California Chardonnay 
of the beer world to me okay. because okay. there's a lot of them being produced. Okay. A lot of them ain't good. Yeah, yeah. Go to the go to the that. wine and spirits and pick up a bottle of Chardonnay. And is it gonna be just soaked in butter and oak and just okay? You can drink it, it's fine, it'll get you there. Or is it actually like really well made, mm-hmm. really complex? really delicate with the oak. And it's the same thing with like IPAs. I mean, a lot of them are out there and they have hops in them and they're like 9%. But I like the fact that ours are actually good and true to style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm no curious. tea, no shade. I don't it's know facts. if anybody knows this. I meant to, the, uh, I meant to ask the bartender when I was there before, like what exactly is a racer hood? I don't even know if you can answer that question. Like what is an eraser hood? Buff can answer it. Oh, what, what is the you name? Know, from? You know the movie. Yeah. 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 Oh, so it's it's we're the neighborhood that Eraserhead was filmed in. Okay, so oh, okay. it's the hood that Eraserhead was filmed in. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, never, I think it's I cute. Never, <laughs> it's I actually one yeah, of the, I never got that. <laughs> pretty much everything else that we have named has been named after something involved in music, mm. um, except that, which I find mm-hmm. very cool. But I'm also like a pretty big horror guy, so oh. I need that. That little nerdiness there. She did the hips. One day they'll accept another name based after a horror movie, and it will be mine, and you will know. So are you are you always uh, forcing names down their throat that involve horror movies, or is just in in the back of your head? Yeah, no, I can't really think of many good ones. Uh, As for names in general, I'm not a very good at naming. That Hannah's very good at it. I feel like I'm usually just trying to make silly jokes. (laughs) <laughs> on the can, <laughs> yeah. Or I'm just, and like, I'm just so far left that nobody would even get it. It's yeah. like nobody yeah, I'm can trying really hard. hard. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Hannah, yeah, what's the I'm process like, of a good beer name? Uh, process for a good beer name. Well, um, I so I'm a very intentional brewer, um, and I think that I'm probably also very weird when it comes to how I approach beers and recipe design. But I. Um, I almost start from the big picture and work my way down. So I come up with a concept, something that has inspired me to, to come up with a recipe, um, whether it's uh, an, a worldly experience, um, a culinary experience, another beverage that I've consumed, um, a moment or something that I want to like recreate and put into a beverage format. So um, I think about what inspires me Then I think about how I envision people enjoying this beer um, and the experiences that I, that I hope that it it evokes for them, the emotions that it brings um, and work my way back down to uh, actually designing the recipe. And oftentimes within that process, that a a name is derived from, from whatever that is. Uh, So I don't know. You should probably teach that class too. (laughs) that was intense intense. i I do i do talk about it a lot um when i when i do interviews or podcasts or anything like that Mm -hmm. shoot you whoever's at the train shoot you that's me Um, sorry i'm right right next to the gym train and manny on a hill so it comes right up yep (laughs) um but yeah i don't know it's um yeah i don't know i'm 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 an emotional creature, so I think that I kind of carry that over into the beer world, too, um, because so much of it is science, and I have a science background, but I also have a marketing background, too, Um, and so 
I'm thinking about it first and foremost from a marketing perspective and how I want and hope that patrons consume that beer and the experience that they have. Uh So, yeah, I'm a storyteller with beer. Honestly, that's what it boils down to. I'm a storyteller with beer. That's beer. Well, that's how Steve Jobs started. He always started with the the marketing piece of it. Then how can we... I was thinking the art, of, the art of storytelling, slick Rick. Right. She, um, but she got both her eyes, though. Right. I'm curious to know, like, uh, for, for all of you, like, in terms of what's the most exciting part of, uh, uh, I guess, the brewing process? Is it the the recipe creation for you, or is it the actual process of brewing? Like, what do you find that you get the most joy from? Oh, uh, learning. I like reading. Uh, I think the coolest thing about beer is that there's always going to be new information coming out, new studies, and people are very, very excited about it. And I personally really just like consuming information and then being able to apply it. So it's very cool that one of my special interests is the thing that I do for a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I... Yeah. It, they both know. I sit at lunch and read. Like, okay, I'm I that guy. Pass. I am on my computer. <laughs> I am, I am <laughs> taking my notes. And it's for no one except me. Mm. And before before brewing became something that was so important to me, I was doing the same thing, just with other very technical, dry, boring books. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm doing it for a thing that I actually very much enjoy, and I'm not just storing the information. I can mm. apply it. Mm. Cool. I think that's a really important part of it, though, is that so much of of being a brewer is, yes, a lot of it is what you can technically learn, but it's taking the information that you've you've either seen um, or that someone has spoken to you about or that you've read and, you know, synthesizing it into something that makes sense and that then it becomes an applicable thing that you can you can use yeah. in, in real life. Um you know, I, I'm a big fan of reading and learning from other sources aside from the brewery that you work for, uh, because I think that's how you end up becoming a more well-rounded uh, yeah. brewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Learning, it's a, it's beer, brewing beer is an applied science. For sure. Yeah, you got to applicate those those readings, Muffy. You're doing a good job. No. Hey, you're the resident researcher. If you need notes, <laughs> I got files, documents. If anybody needs anything, but like, like even what you're talking about, like the research and things like that. When we came for our brew day, um, Justin was like, "So yeah, put these chemicals in the water," and we're like, "For what?" And he was like, "ESBs are from England." I looked at the water profile from England, and the town that makes ESB, this is their water. And we yep. use these chemicals, and it'd be the water, so it'd taste more like their the ESB, right? So, yeah, so I'm That's like, actually, I'm, throwing, yeah, I'm measuring things, yeah. and I, I, I just thought we were just putting some water in. I thought it was going to be Newark, <laughs> Delaware tap water, and oh, we'd be good to go. And it was like, no, water sir. Is this. <laughs> no, water sir. is uh, You're reading I'm actually water right current now, right? Reading. Yeah, I'm currently reading John Palmer's book on water, and um, every specifically experienced brewer who has seen me reading this book has gone, Oh boy. Um, (laughs) Water is one of the most important, intricate, boring, boring, boring parts of brewing. Chemistry. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I am fine with reading it. Chemistry is definitely boring. Chemistry is definitely boring. 
Yeah. God bless. It's hard. We just, we just, we just yeah. had to figure some stuff out based on water because, you know. Oh, yeah. Right. The water. It was like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, the water treatment plant. That's why I just don't like watching that part of the news and they start talking about water because I'm like, if what we run y'all, out of that, guys, what did you guys do? What was the plan? Because it only worked. It only was down for what a couple of days, or it, it ended it up not even being down. Um, yeah, we were even... affected, but we, it ended up not even being down. They they kept saying like, okay, water will be good up until X day this time, and then right. it would it would just keep moving forward. Oh, it kept um, as they were, as they were fixing yeah, it. as they were testing it. For, um, for the record, we're actually still, even though we got cleared, we're still receiving those messages on like a mm. national alert system. Yeah. Um, so they cleared the area and the plant specifically a couple of days ago, but I'm still receiving the like, all right, you're good through Monday. They're like okay. continually testing and. It's for for the record, doing. for the people that don't know, uh, Love City's out of Philadelphia. Philadelphia is having a a minor Flint, Michigan situation uh, going on, <laughs> and um, except with latex, yeah, yeah. Latex. With, yeah. <sighs> I don't it just it's yeah. So that that's in case anybody doesn't know, they're having a water problem in Philadelphia now. Yeah, there was a chemical spill upstream. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. See, yeah. see, uh, see. The, this is sidebar. The people that spilled the chemicals, they can't work no more. <laughs> the 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 company that spilled the chemicals need to be sanctioned forever. Like y'all work for the state of Pennsylvania now. Y'all work for Pennsylvania Wildlife Conservation now. Y'all don't all y'all money goes to there. I don't y'all are conservationists from now on. Like you can't you are speaking you can't my just language, spill my chemicals upstream and then make another billion dollars next year. Like you can't do that. I don't, nope. I'm sorry. That's nope. my two cents. Yeah. But my uh, my my master's degree was in environmental science, so yeah, I I feel Hannah, I feel Hannah, all of this. Hannah, <laughs> make the DM you, Hannah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so excited. Um, yeah. Reading. I guess it's I guess it's um I have a two I guess it's two two questions in one I guess and uh, anybody and you can only answer it in terms of uh, what has been your favorite style of brew and what is actually your personal favorite. Out to actually consume and drink. Yeah, good question. Ooh, I'm going to answer this because I am. Go- I have the bladder of a child, so I'm going to uh, <laughs> run off for about three seconds. Uh, my favorite beer to drink from Love City specifically is the Unity IPA. I um, but I do. I really you, like brewing the, the pills. Unity is, I will drink it all day, every day. No worries. It is a 5% straight down the middle, very good IPA. And then, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so you you said favorite. Does it have to be Love City beer or is no, it like whatever, whatever okay. beer you want? Yeah, um, your, favorite, your favorite beer right now. Favorite beer to brew, man. Um, I like I said, the IPAs are my favorite, but I'm I'm getting more into the challenging aspect. So like Buff the Pills has been my favorite because I. Finally got that last pills brew that Hannah was actually shadowing me on, mm-hmm. um, just to like reiterate my skills on that. And that was the first one where I like I reached gravity and volume, and I was just like, yeah. high five, high five. Yeah. So yeah, just just getting more comfortable with the mash where it all starts. So so that's like definitely my favorite ones right now because just perfecting it is important for me personally. Favorite beers to drink. Um, I am a huge fan of Belgians. Mm. Um, just please give me all the triples, 
all the quads. Just give me anything made by a monk and I will take it. Um, I also really love all of like the sour, spontaneous fermentation. Like we talked about wild cultures, like any, all, throw all the bacteria in there. Uh, Hannah and I just shared a bottle over like last weekend when we were in Verhove Beach. Uh, they bought hey, a bottle. I know where that's at. Favorite beers of all time, uh, the Rodenbach Alexander, which mm. is one of my favorite beers ever. And we shared a bottle of that. And I was like, man, is that hard this... to get, Britt? That sounds sounds interesting. Just the name. Is that yeah, the Rodenbach, the Rodenbach Grand Cru is pretty pretty much a staple. Like you can right. get that in most like bottle shops, but the Alexander okay. is something that you don't really I haven't seen it on draft in a while. And I haven't seen it in any bottle shops, and Hannah found it. Mm-hmm. At a bottle shop, in, uh, Montreal, Welcome back, Buffy. yeah, they were in Montreal. <laughs> wow, wow. Okay, so it's not even so, yeah. you can't even find it at a local bottle shop. Just where's that? It's pretty hard. Where's the brewery from? Where's it at? Rodenbach. It is in. Are you talking about the Alexander? Oh, 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 yeah. Never mind. Okay, they're in Belgium. Even, um, it's not, it's so anything, yeah, anything yeah. Belgian, I love. Anything gotcha. sour, I love. And also recently got into a lot of English styles. So always love the barley wine, but I love like milds, ESBs, bitters. They're my. They're some of my favorite guys. Hey, Britt. We made mm-hmm. a ESB. I know you did. I <laughs> get that. Yeah, I was. I was like ESB. Ooh, it's not, yeah. It's, not, it's very right rare that people. It's very rare that people brew these things. That I, that's what I'm hearing. So yeah, you know, we're we're working on some ESB ever fun brewed. stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Hannah, your turn. Um, favorite beer to brew um is probably anything that uses dark malt in it um so like any stouts or porters and it's for a very weird reason it's because the aroma of the mash sticks in my hair and then it just smells really good um, <laughs> and then for like, for like a solid like eight hours afterwards i can just smell it and, it and a banana good. y'all that um, is a banana right there um, um yeah that's <laughs> That's probably my favorite my favorite beer uh, styles to brew. Um, but in terms of like after the brewing side of it, uh, I'm gonna go back to mixed culture stuff that's in barrels because it's really a labor of love, um, and it it really is just it's so cool to me. Like each of these barrels is like its own ecosystem, right? Yeah. And, each one is different. I mean, you could have the same beer that you put into, you know, six different barrels and each barrel is going to taste just slightly different than the next. Some are going to be very, very different from each other and some are going to be very similar. Um, and that, that sort of, I don't know, differences between and, and to some level unpredictability. Um, mm-hmm. While that frustrates a lot of people, um, my my best friend, my brewing mentor in this industry is a very uh, black and white, right angle, engineer, math numbers driven person. So uh, creating beers that are a little bit more unpredictable is very frustrating to him. Mm. Um, Whereas I'm, while yes, I have a science background, um, I am much more of like the la 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 let's go tiptoe to the daisies and chase butterflies type of person and so i think that's why some some of the more creative aspects and more um artistic components 
are really what draws me in and, and, you know, things that I feel really passionate about. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Welcome back. So, so Hannah, like the experimentation of it all, like you'll have like, let's just say you got like six barrels, you brew a beer, you put them all in the barrels and then you, you put the cultures in them and then you take them out like in month intervals. They probably all taste Um, different then. Yeah. And so the thing with barrel aged beer, uh, whether it's, uh, mixed culture or even clean. So like Mm -hmm. a, a bourbon barrel aged stout, um, science will say, yes, well, it will be ready by this point, but at some point that the beer really is what tells us when it's ready. Um, and, and so sometimes some of these mixed culture beers or spontaneous fermentation, uh, beers, I mean, they're years in the making. Years. Wow. Wow. Um, you know, Britt was talking about Rodenbach Alexander. That's a blend of uh, newer beer and older beer. And some of the beer within that blend can be three, four, five, six years old. Years old, yeah. Um, yeah. So, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. So when I say it's a labor of love, like it really is. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's what makes that beer you were talking about, Britt, so hard to find. It takes seven years to make it. I mean, yeah, most most Belgians, especially like those styles, like Hannah said, like you're and just shout out to Hannah for coming in and like getting us on the barrel game, because that's something I've always been interested in. I know Buff has read a lot about it and we've been having a lot of fun digging into barrels and Mm -hmm. doing tasting. So shout out to Hannah for, you know, teaching us being our fearless leader as far as that concerned, because we're still learning about that. But yeah, it's like once that wart is made, there's like years and years of, of things and tasting and trying and be like, mm, not this one. Mm, maybe we blend this one with this one and that'll work. And actually having to be a part of that process. I think we've done it at least twice. Now you mm-hmm. kind of see, you know, what, what, what goes into those styles of beer and why yeah. they are so respected and appreciated because you're like running your palate out just sitting and trying to figure out what is what and you're numbering and you're labeling them and you're collabing and talking about what you like about this and what you don't, what you like about that one. And so to have been a part of that process already for our little black heart, Mm -hmm. little black heart ale um, that I actually brewed the base of, and that got Mm -hmm. thrown into some barrels to be a part of that process was really awesome because you really get to see like the amount of work and focus that goes into it. So what, what all of your barrel age things that you guys have coming down the line, do you have any that are going to be like long-term aged, like for the years that you guys were we talking do. about? For, yeah, we do. Yeah. So we're hoping, um, what's long-term for you guys in your mind? What do you say? Well, long-term? some of the stuff that's sitting in barrels predates me being on board, uh, by okay. a long time. Predates me and Britna. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. For three or four years. Um, we were hoping it wow. at a certain point. So we tasted through a lot of that stock. Um, and there was one barrel that I will just describe as nothing short of magical. Um, it was a mind blowing experience tasting this, um, just phenomenal. It was one single barrel, which is not barrel uncommon three. to have. Yeah. Barrel three. It's not uncommon Beyonce to have, barrel. To have a, a barrel that wow. really stands out, but usually when you're creating these beers, um, it's a blending process. So it's much more like a wine uh, making production versus beer production. 
um, just in terms of time and, um, you know, the, the blending process. But it's not uncommon to find one that you really, really like, but it's uncommon to find one that you like that much that you don't want to blend it with anything else. You want it just to exist as its own singular entity. Um, so hopefully we'll be pulling that out of barrels at some point in the very near future. Um, we also are this week um, pulling some of our uh, anniversary beer, which I'm just going to go ahead and spill the beans on it. It's a, a Czech Pilsner called Hype Czech. It's uh, <laughs> super, super awesome. Um, so five-year anniversary, yeah, five-year anniversary party is on April 19th. Um, and, yeah, so that'll be... Woo! <laughs> uh, so that'll that'll be coming out, but um, I'm gonna actually pull some of that that beer out and put it into a gin barrel from Philadelphia Distilling. Um, their gin is you know top notch, award winning, just amazing gin. Um, and adding some wild yeast to that um, wild yeast Brett strain, um, Brettanomyces classini actually. Um, so see what that does and let that sit in there for couple months you, to a year probably okay. do you yeah. ever allow um fans or customers to come in for fans. the r&d of the barrel tasting this is his, his standard question for you for you yes hannah y'all you guys so, lit up so we're plum friends wait do i have fans we have to wait until after august though like it has to be after august because we have to know, we have to just, just we have to develop this relationship in a positive way. Okay. So I, I want to make sure that the plums taste right, okay. that, that we both enjoy the plums on a consistent okay. basis. But the R and Am I just gonna walk into the brewery and just see y'all like just munching on plums? It's gonna be a preserves everywhere. Yes, purees, yeah. real plums, yeah. plum juice, just yeah. plum plums. Oh, plum I can't wait. And I'm gonna yeah. I'm 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 bring my wine. And try to make it. Levy, <laughs> levy. We got we got to see this wine you're talking about because like well, you want to see. I got so I, I I went to Disney World a couple weeks ago, a couple years ago, and uh, Universal Studios got the Harry Potter section, so that's where I got my wands from. I went in there with all intents to get one wand, but I have two kids, and you can't buy a toy. Yeah, no, for your okay, word, word, okay. The kids, the kids have never touched this, these goddamn wands since I bought them. Yo, they like $50 a piece, bro. You got one, so I bought one. No, they're not, Britt DeBrewer. They're not $50 a piece. Go up. Not at Disney World. Go high. That's right. Look fucking expensive. I went went to the Harry Potter store in New York. I went to Diagon Alley and talked to the guy, the wand man. (laughs) And the wand man took these two little girls, and he did magic to them. And I was like, I'm getting mine. And then I talked to a lady inside, and she told me exactly what wine that I would be that I would like, and it was really nice and balanced. And I bought that shit. <laughs> really nice and balanced. And my kids walked up to me and was like, "Daddy, Daddy, this wine." The lady told me this wine is balanced for my fingers too. And I'm yeah, like, "Y'all yeah. don't even want this." And I was like, "I do." It's though, I Jedi do. mind tricks on your it kids. Did, like, you do need this wand. Yeah. And now I got three wands, and I only use one. Right. So yeah, but, but um, off air, off air. I, I don't show my wine in public, so I, I got you though, Britt. Hold <laughs> on, five minutes after the show's over, I, I got a wine for you. But, but Hannah did add to the question. She did say magical, so she did add to the um, the uh, Harry Potter conversation. So you did have something. Yeah, yeah, she said absolutely. magical. So I there did. You go. Yeah, there you go. You thought you? I did, do want to wear go. my wizard hat on a brew day, but that your head would be so sweaty. Hot. 
Right. Yeah. So you you kind of don't want to get caught on anything is either. Yeah. You also don't want to mistakenly drop your wand in the mash tun or in the kettle. True. Those wands are too want expensive that, to do that. that. They're way too we expensive don't want to drop anything them. that we should have yes. in the kettle. Right. That's true. Right. We're not going there. <laughs> so, so like that has happened. Yes, I seen did a statement. No, <laughs> Buff and I, Buff and I are talking about an incident that happened where something fell into the cup. Didn't happen to us, but something. Mm. No, no, never. It would never happen to us. We would never be so silly profile? as to drop something into the kettle. Mm. No, it changed a- into uh, being dumped. It changed into the oh, drain. Shit. Shit. I messed up. I dropped something in the kettle and it was not good. And then we had to dump all the Wait, you did? Yeah. I like I'm, what you talking did about, there, I'm talking about the other thing. Oh, man, y'all jumping a lot of stuff. Oh, <laughs> I, I messed I made big thing happen and then dumped. had to dump some beer. I don't know. Mistakes happen. Dumped. But uh, magic was and magic. <laughs> right. He was, he was so magical. Right. I might not understand the Harry Potter things because I'll be honest, I've only seen part of one movie and I've never read any of the books, but I support I support it. Right. But I, I like the idea of magic. Right. There, you so, there you go. There you go. I feel like Hannah Hannah, you'd definitely be a Hufflepuff. Yeah. <laughs> how's your how's I your foodie how's your foodie game, Hannah? I like food. Oh. Well come on over here. Okay. Yeah. Are there yeah. plums involved? <laughs> Listen, Hufflepuff, we definitely gonna <laughs> bake some plums. And okay. have, yes, yeah, we'll have a harvest All right. for, sure, for sure. Okay, yeah. then I think I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Hufflepuff now. Uh, <laughs> Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff, they're great. They're all about, they're all about teamwork. They're all about teamwork and um and eating. And oh, yep. yeah, and and is that really amazing. a thing? Yeah, yeah. Gry- Gryffindors oh. are leaders, and they're brave and courageous. Um, Ravenclaws are I don't really remember, and Slytherin <laughs> are us uh, are are just trying to make it their way up to the top. They and they'll do it by any means. Ravenclaws are like witty, intellectual. Ah, they value it, knowledge it. over all things. That's it. That's it. That's you know, it. I was strongly considered for Ravenclaw. I was thinking the they, same thing they when, I put, that, when I put the hat on. He did ask mm-hmm. if I wanted to be Ravenclaw, and I was like, the kitchens, the kitchens, mm-hmm. and then he said, okay, Hufflepuff. Oh, all right. Yeah. I have no clue either, but uh, I rock with you. Yo, yo, it's a whole world out here, man. It's a whole world out here. It's good. It's a nice world. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Still don't know anything about it. Nope, but I support it because it seems to make other people happy, and that makes me happy. It really does. It makes me smile all the time. (laughs) All right. But before we wrap up, I always like to to know in terms of uh, like people who, who look like you identify as you, like, and they want to be get into craft beer. Like, what advice would you give them about jumping into this uh, this industry and this career career path? Don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nope. uh, it sounds like a don't. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's no, like you gotta work no. at Love City. No, 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 do it. No. Do it. No, it's not. It's not. A, it's not a don't. It's not a don't. It's um. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a. Um, be prepared to work way harder than you think you will ever work in your life. Um, it is getting better in terms of the pay is starting to match um, the amount of work that you put in. Um, but don't go into it thinking that you are going to make a lot of money because you are not. Um, 
we are we are very fortunate that uh, Love City is very dedicated to paying a livable wage to everybody. Um, I cannot say that for some other breweries within this industry. Um, create a good network. Network the shit out of every situation that you possibly can. Um, meet as many good people as you can. Uh, find a good mentor, somebody or mentors that you can really rely on, people that you feel like you can ask even the dumbest of questions to, uh, people that you can learn from. Yes, and, uh, yeah, just don't be a shitty person. <laughs> don't be a shitty person. That goes a long way, that last statement. Yeah. <laughs> don't be shitty. Yeah. You said poo-poo earlier, too, so you're on I did. <laughs> yeah, I had a weird, weird experience yesterday that was sort of tangential to uh, professional brewing, <laughs> but it was, it was a, it was a reminder that there are still, we still have a very long way to go in this industry. Okay, um, okay, so, oh, yeah. yeah, she saved me too, Bobby. They were <laughs> shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I talked to Buffy about it, so they, they <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, anyone else? Or? I'd say learn how to drive a forklift, but I know mm. no, this is not directed at Britt or Hannah, who do not really drive forklifts. But like, learn how to drive a fucking forklift. Hey, I, I, Very important. <laughs> we finna get started. You're getting there. You're getting there. You are getting there. I'm on my way. But I do think that I. I know how to do tilt, you know, over. I think that I don't take the good things that you get out of the places that are willing to teach you for granted. I was really lucky to like get hired into it's a, I work at a trade like brewing is a trade. A lot of people don't get paid to learn trades. Uh, we are lucky enough to get paid to learn. And okay. that is something that is super unique. Um, and I, I think that most of my luck dropped into the, folks that I work with. Um, I have a very specific experience. It's very cool to have mentors that are so willing to teach and are like, I get along with. Um, so I don't really know how to give much advice to other folks because I'm super lucky. Um, and I think what comes out of that is just whatever little bits of happy you have and whatever little bits of goodness that you can find in the spot that you work at, do it. But I can't tell you it's not going to be twice as hard for one person as it would be the next guy. Yeah. Well, and so. uh, lift weights. That's the <laughs> learn to learn to lift shit properly. Like definitely do that, and do not think that the place isn't trying to kill you. I, within my first month or so of working in the back, I got a really severe burn. Um, it it was really hard to work through um i don't like being put on the sidelines uh i've always been a very like physical worker um mm-hmm. so just don't don't take the fact that the brewery is going to kill you for granted either yo the the, the brewery going to kill you counter is like lit up today y'all have really... it's crazy i wish you... you can't see it now but it was all of this part of my hands the skin was burned off of mm. tattoo still yeah. doing okay but Oh, I like that too. I like scary. that too. That, that's a great tattoo. Oh, look at this. Yeah, yeah. Brew, Brew Central. Yeah. 
Yeah. Literally almost got knocked out by a sample port. That John said, mm. Everybody got a story. Jeez. But y'all yeah. all still here. Yeah. You guys are all yeah. still, And y'all want to go back tomorrow. And, and smiling. So they smiling through. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't uh, like anybody's ready to retire just yet. No. <laughs> Although, if I did win a million dollars, peace. Ow, yeah. ow. You can't retire okay, you know a million dollars in, this, in 2023. Yes, yes, you got to get more than that. You can figure it out. Hannah's like, it's not realistic. It's a long You're going to take a sabbatical. Well, the question was What advice would you Any advice? Uh, okay. Um, my advice would be is one thing is just because you want to enter a field where nobody looks like you does not mean that it is not possible and that you do not have a place. Yeah. Um, that's a, um, B get out of your head, get out of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's safety a, a lot of times I've almost hurt myself is because I've been in here and not out here. Um, and also get out of your head as far as any like negative thinking or any just like self-imposed like barriers that you put on yourself. Um, any like negative beliefs. I can't do this. This is too much. Like, get out of your head and, like, live in the moment, be a part of your team, be a part of the environment, um, which also goes into what net, what Hannah said about networking. Um, part of that is being present, um, allowing people to find you and putting yourself in position to be seen. Um, honestly, that's how I got here pretty much, just knowing people and just kind of putting it out there that I was always willing to learn. Um, I would also say... Um, take care of your body, hydrate, um, hydrate, 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 hydrate. If you think you drink enough water, drink some more, um, and lift, like Buffy said. (laughs) Just learn how to do a nice safety lift. It's very helpful. Just stretch. (laughs) Just get your stretch on. Do a little, you know, a little, mm mm-mm. Um, but yeah, I, I... I definitely want to inspire people who look like me to get into this field, but I will say it has not been easy. And I will say my best advice is to get out of your head and to appreciate the here and now, the people that are with you, the people that are working with you. If you do end up in a position, like Buffy said, we are very fortunate to work with people who want to see you win, who are not, backstabbing you, sabotaging you. Um, I remember I had a conversation with Kevin and he, he low key dragged me. It was great. Uh, our head brewer and owner, Kevin, he said, Britt, I just want to start off by saying that you are way harder on yourself than we could ever be on you. And I was just like gagged, but he was right. Um, And so to recognize that, like, you have that support, you kind of have to get out of your head and look around and see what's going on around you, not only for safety, but as far as just, like, enjoying the journey Um, and just not putting so much pressure on myself to fit 
into something or be something because I am a black woman feeling, putting that pressure or a woman or non-binary or queer, feeling like you have to be the poster child for everyone and putting this necessary pressure on yourself that you have to be perfect when it's like me showing up every day is more than enough. Right. Absolutely. 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 Well said. Absolutely. And I think I think if you are a person that is either looking to get into craft beer or already exists within this space um, and you do not look like any of us that are on this podcast right now, um, please, please advocate for others and stand up in moments where uh, things are happening that should not be happening um, because we we need your voices. Uh, that is we are not the majority of what uh, craft beer looks like on the production side Um, and so it is hard and I spent a lot of my career uh, being pushed down and trying to be silenced until I just said no (laughs) like you're not going to do that to me Um, but I spent a lot of time feeling very alone because those around me did not stand up. Um, and there are a few that have, um, and they're the reason why I'm still here. Uh, but, you know, please stand up. Please, please use your voice, your power um, for good. And um, don't be afraid to say, hey, that's fucked up. Don't do that. Don't say that. Here's why. Um, you know, like it's all voices are 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 needed in moving this industry in the right direction. So, um, amen. I have to yeah. say, shout out to to Hannah and Toby and Buff because there's a lot of times where you know you get to those modes where like there's sometimes that Buffy will like say something to defend me before I've even registered it. Like, <laughs> for instance, we were talking about. We're doing a, another collab brew. We were talking about what day we want to brew it on. And they were like, oh, we could do it Monday the 19th. And Buff's like, yo, that's Juneteenth and Britney's not working. So, <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even like get, I didn't even get there yet. I didn't even, I didn't even get there. I, like, <laughs> I honestly did not even realize how quickly that came out of my mouth. <laughs> it was like, but I think, I on, think Brent's not working on Juneteenth. Sorry. I was like, oh, I forgot. I didn't even realize that. But if not for the communication and the, the basis of communication that we've built, it wouldn't have been so easy for that to come out of my mouth. And that's just yeah. one of the things. I think yeah. communication yeah. is incredibly important. That is the thing that like, I know I've had to work on. Um, Same. But only for, not only for safety, for being like, yo, hot water's coming, or hey, I'm about to blow this tank down, don't go over there, there's too much CO2, mm-hmm. but also to be able to directly say, hey, I'm not in it today. Like My, my head's a little all over the place. I'm going to need a little bit of help today whether it be with family stuff or getting inside your own head and having to be pulled out of it. Um, c- communication is like the only way that I think that a lot of people will be able to get in through this industry very well, because sometimes you got to say this sucks and sometimes you got to be like, this is awesome. And mm-hmm. we're lucky to have coworkers that communicate the good and the bad with us. And I think that's very cool. I think it makes us very strong. Yeah, I think, and, I think also. Go ahead, Anna. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. I think. I think one of the biggest things um, that makes me feel super safe at Love City is 
uh, the ability to communicate how I'm feeling. Um, you know, I suffer from anxiety and, you know, there are days where it's manageable and there are other days where I'm just like, ah, I can't handle this. Um, but it's the ability to articulate that and communicate that, like Betsy said, and know that you can do that without the fear of retaliation or without that being weaponized against you. Um, the fact that I can ask for help, um, you know, I showed you the scar on my arm. I had a, a brewing industry seven years ago that crushed my right arm and right. has forever changed my life. And there are some days that um, I can barely pick up a fork to feed mm -hmm. myself. And then there are other days where I can lift 3,000 pounds in a day, like it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the ability to be able to say on those days where you are struggling, whether it's mentally or physically, be able to say, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit today and I could use a little bit of extra help. It's the ability to say that without the fear of that being weaponized against you and you being looked at as if you are weaker than or less than um, someone else that may not be experiencing the same thing. Um, because I have experienced those situations where it was weaponized against you and that just it creates, yeah. it's just a, a snowball effect, you know? So yeah. um, I think it's finding, finding the right supportive environment and knowing your worth and knowing that you have every right to show up as who you are every single day and exist within the confines of the skin that is on your body as yourself um, and knowing when to walk away from a situation that does not serve you any longer. Um, that was a very hard lesson for me to learn and I learned it way later than I should have, but um, you know, that's a whole other, <laughs> that's a whole other episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Lou, I cut you off. So Hannah, so uh, Hannah, we'll have you back on for that and for the, <laughs> the roommate turned um, husband episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't forget that one. I remember that one. That was the first 15 minutes, y'all. He, he just walked through with the dog. So. Hey, hey, I <laughs> he can come on to that episode. He'll be there at that episode, too. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah. So. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's He's my adult supervision. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Are we, um, any more questions, Lou? Nah, man. We did a good job today, Rob. <laughs> oh, thanks. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. Well, we want to thank uh, part of the Love City group uh, uh, yeah, for coming Thank through. you, baby. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Hannah, Britt, and Buffy for coming on. We appreciate it. Before we uh, wrap up, we always like to know how people can find you on these social medias or how they can find... Actually, if they don't know where Love City is, you can say where Love City is as well. Yeah, like give us how, that address. How can yep, they uh, sure. find you and Love City and learn more about uh, what Love City got on tap? What's going on the events? I know you mentioned uh, that uh, the anniversary is coming on the 19th of April. So so what else can um, they can expect as well? Uh, social media wise at Love City Brewing on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, apparently, we have a TikTok. I didn't even know that until this morning. Uh, but apparently, that's a thing. Um, we do bumble through TikTok. We do kind of sort of track. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, but, yeah. Um, if, I mean, if anybody wants to follow the shenanigans that I post and do, you're welcome to follow me. Shotgun Friday. <laughs> yeah, Shotgun yeah. Friday. Um, at at Daisy Chain eighteen, Daisy with a Z. Um, yeah, oh, you're whatever. Cool. It's, 
It's Shotgun open to the Friday. Open to the, <laughs> open to the public. Show up at three thirty. It's it's a thing. You don't even have to shotgun a beer. It's all about just bringing people together. There's there's very simple rules of Shotgun Friday. Sorry, I'm t- gonna totally hijack this moment. There are very simple rules of Shotgun Friday. It's everyone is always invited. You can drink whatever you want, water included. Drink however much you want. Drink however fast or slow you want, and just be kind. That's it. They're very simple rules. It's just all about connection very and bringing people together. I cannot shotgun shit. <laughs> you yeah, do okay. I'm with you, Brett. I don't, I, it don't work. It don't uh, work. Uh, it, oh, it's not my. It's not. It's not my ministry. Me. You see that? You see I, that? Yeah. I see that. I there see you that. go. There you go. All right. I like you got your notifications on. Way to go. <laughs> said, uh, so about those plums. What is your farmer's market of choice in Pennsylvania? <laughs> I have three. <laughs> we have a pretty good one not too far from me uh, during the summer so. you guys know Farmer John <laughs> Farmer John yeah oh, she's, a, uh, she's a farmer yes, out of Philly yes, I'm going to get some they of her just, plums too they just did um, they did a, one of the out in the field yes, um, yes. dinners yep. yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. I was unfortunately not able to go but I, I heard phenomenal things about it yeah she's um, doing really yeah. good work out there you know? yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I would go on that adventure. Okay. Hi. (laughs) Uh, Buffy? I'll hit you up on Instagram. (laughs) Yes, please do. Uh, do. (laughs) I'm I'm Buffy Cancer on Instagram. I don't do much on there. Uh, But can I shamelessly promote my podcast? Absolutely. Yeah. Did you ask us to be a guest on your podcast? And would you like know, to be? It's very fun. We also it drink. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't it, even matter. It doesn't pretty matter. Sure. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure that it's silly. Would love to have us on her podcast one day. Honestly, that'd be great. Um, so we're she area knows. area two one five, area underscore two one five on Instagram, because uh, apparently area two one five is a phone thing. But we do we pair cocktails and paranormal or supernatural experiences. So we pick a cryptid or a haunting or something silly and fun to do, and we make cocktails based on it. Because when we started it, we were both bartenders. Um, But yeah, it's fun. We just a lot of folks have said that it's like sitting in a bar just talking shit. Um, so if you like feeling like you're they sitting at a bar drinking podcast, a fun yeah. cocktail, they make for yeah, the we'll have a book out of cocktail recipes at some point soon. I swear. Yeah. I'm with it. I followed I you guys it. too. I well, followed well, you guys too. Like, you feel like the book should be oh, my whole heart. and, uh, cocktails and the, uh, paranormal stories as well. So it's like, yeah, I mean, up? we're trying to find an artist to draw up something for us. So, all right. Find if us. Bother us. Enough, if you drink enough, there'll be a lot of paranormal things. <laughs> oh, if you knew my brain, you wouldn't you'd be like, you don't even have to drink. You're fine. <laughs> so Brent, you co sign that. <laughs> Brent will hundred percent co sign that. <laughs> we we kind of know each other's brains really well. Cause mm. like we like I said, Buff and I started out as, as bartenders together. And kind of like fell in love, and then we just, <laughs> and then we started brewing together. Like I didn't even know. <laughs> so we're like, you know, we're like the Bobby and Whitney of this. Oh my oh. goodness! Oh. Is that the is that the couple you want to compare yourself to? Uh, I mean, well, I'm like that makes me Bobby, and I don't want that. 
<laughs> okay, let's let's like yeah, we'll walk that back. Like, yeah, we'll go. We'll come back. We're like you know. One. Let's say. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go Beyonce be and Jay-Z. Yeah, I'm not doing that. We'll, uh, come back. we'll come back. <laughs> we're, just, we're just not going to. Daria end. and whatever the other one is. Oh, oh, yeah, Jean. 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 Simon and Garfield. Yeah, there you go. Daria and Jane. The there you go. There we go. That's Brit's, that's Brit's show, so I couldn't even remember the other one's name. <laughs> Daria and Jane. Jane. Cool oh, man. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, so so funny. We, got your, we got your podcast, but you don't want to. Uh, that's that's what we're going to plug. Britt, your turn. Uh, I don't have a podcast, but I do have an Instagram <laughs> that I'm never really on at all. Uh, at all. It's... <laughs> yep, I said it. Sometimes they open the silly memes I send them every once in a while. First of all, Brit underscore the underscore Brewer, the as in Megan the Stallion. So Brit the Brewer. I was really sad because Brit Tanamyces was taken. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who took it. But we'll we'll, we'll see that. each other one day. We'll, yeah, we'll, like we'll make it work. But <laughs> yeah, I'm more active on Twitter than I am on on uh, Instagram because Twitter is just more my jam. Mm-hmm. But you know, our man's Elon, Elon is gonna yeah, so tear it up. What's, what's your Twitter handle? Oh, handle. this B R I T T underscore J O I E. Which is my middle name. That's that's oh. my Twitter. But Instagram, Brittany Brewer. You can follow me. I don't know if I'll see it anytime soon. Um, I just hate that place. I hate that app. I'm so sorry. I hate Instagram. At least you're honest yeah. about it. At least, you, at least you're honest it's, about it. It's, that's good. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to get better at. Nah, don't doing don't try. Don't the, even try. Just be honest. The because it's good for exposure. Part. It's good for exposure. Everybody's like, that's how people network nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, bye bye mm-hmm. business cards. Hello, what's your IG? Right. Um, mm-hmm. That's I how I got you guys on the podcast. I don't like it. Yep. I wish I had Hannah's like creativity and like just content. She you, really, you, she really does it big. Like she does it big with like the Brit, editing and all that. Britt, you said something. To, you said something two different times that I want you to take your own advice. You and inst- on Instagram, you don't have to be creative like Hannah. You don't have to do a podcast like Buffy. You just have to be present. That's all you have to do. Right. Just be present enough to do the networking and whatever it's there for you for. Oh, if it ain't oh. there for you, don't don't have the app. Right. You don't have to have Instagram. You right. don't. You just show. You don't. Say, no. All you, you need to have is all you need is your piece. That's all. That's all you need. And if Instagram ain't a part of that, get rid of that shit. Fuck them. <laughs> right. I, I delete the app and then get back on and post yeah, stuff and just stay on it. I'm just dipping and out. Yeah. I'm dipping and out. You don't nobody mm-hmm. nothing. All right, Lou. Man, my name is Lou Belgium. I'm only on them Instagrams. I don't do the Facebook, the tweets, or nothing else. Just them Instagrams. I'll see y'all later. We they said we got a TikTok, uh, but I, I haven't been on there yet. Yeah, we yet. do have TikTok. I follow I follow our TikTok. It's 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 there for just being there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like Brits IG. <laughs> just, just it's there. there. It's just there. there. It's just there. in case someone sends you a silly video that yeah, you can actually watch exactly. it. <laughs> I probably have like five months of like DMs <laughs> that I have to catch up on through Buff and other Mostly people. Mostly me. It's me. 
It's mostly okay. Mm. I, think, <laughs> I think my love language with Buffy is just sending Instagram memes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she'll respond every five months like, hey, that was a good one. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And you can find Bruising Banter Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Bruising Banter Podcast, even TikTok uh, at Bruising Banter Podcast. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can even go, Alexa, play. I can't stop doing it. I gotta say, Alexa, Alexa, play Amazon. Play Bruiser Better podcast. That sounds terrible. We'll be on Amazon. Nah. <laughs> Give the Sopranos. The Sopranos always. Uh, it sounds like to my Alexa. Alexa. I'm <laughs> really glad that all of this is through my AirPods because my entire house is controlled by Alexa right now. She would be so confused. And I just have to clear something up real quick because when I said Bobby and Whitney, you know, you know how that one time. Because <laughs> wait, because wait, because wait, because because Buff has been like a support to me. When and I was just not there. You remember that street time, and y'all know this is very niche to black culture, but y'all remember that time when Whitney was going on all her award shows, she was running her Grammys, she was like, shout out to Bobby, who's the king of R&B. Yes. And everybody was like, who? <laughs> and so I feel like, you know, Buff was like Whitney, just being like, shout out to Britt over there. This I, I'll take it in that one context. That's the only context. That's the only context. That was the, that was the only context I meant it as. It was like, shout out to Bobby, the king of R&B. And Bubba <laughs> will take every moment to be like, Britt's the one that's like doing this thing. Like, wow. I, wow. they got it. And I'm like, for real, thank you, because... My last album ain't make it. But it's good to know that somebody out there still thinks that I'm the king of R&B. It wasn't just your mama. It was just just my mama. What they go? In that context, that works. In that context, yeah. Hey, Wanda. I'm just Wanda. I had to. I had to break that down for a second. I appreciate you going because Buffy didn't like it, and neither did we. Nobody was digging that context at all. It could have been worse, but you know. My Alexa voice. I'm just gonna cut my mic off. All right. If you would have followed me, Rob J. Rob J. Bruce, and there it is. Bing, 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 bing. How are you off, Rob? Yeah. Uh, you can go to www.bruisingbanter.com as well. Get the merch if you want to. You can get it from I there. I got a shirt on. Yeah, there you go. Um, once again, we want to thank the Brew Crew from Love City for coming through. What you got on, man? Thank you, thank guys. you Rob. Thank you, Lou. So much. That was great, man. Thank Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Until next time, this has been episode one. I'm at oh, nope, one. We, nope, no, no, hundred and one. This has been episode two hundred and one of Bruising Banner Podcast. Until next time, have a good week, Peace. everyone. I wish I could just say it straight away Oh, I hate being this way Learned it from such a young age My needs and wants ain't important anyway When you say something's wrong I just want